Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. The madness is rolling on in March. Welcome in. A crazy Friday. And yeah, there's no Doug Gottlieb, but you actually will get some Doug Gottlieb today. Doug's actually going to join us live from the Big Ten Tournament in Indianapolis, where college basketball dominating the landscape. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Listen, we know there's quarterfinals going on. There's going to be semifinal action tonight in college hoops. We will have you covered with that. Plus, NFL free agency on the horizon a very interesting situation in seattle that has nothing to do with russell wilson we will talk about that in about 20 minutes with a former nfl gm but first i want you to check out the latest lines for the world of sports at bet rivers sportsbook bet rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting must be 21 must be present in colorado illinois indiana and pennsylvania to play gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Aaron, have you ever watched a game and have no dog in the fight and then two hours later realize that you're cheering for a team? That ever Uh, happened to you? It happens very regularly. Yes, Dan. But where could you possibly be going with that question? Well, the reason I say that is because I think those situations are naturally maybe like how the game plays out. It's your your team isn't affected uh, by the outcome of the game, but you just see how the game plays out. and You all of a sudden just are like, you know what? I kind of want this team to win. Maybe I like the way they play. Maybe I, I like this player. Just. It naturally comes about. There's no hidden agenda. There's no uh, preconceived notions of anything. You kind of come in with a blank slate, and it just happens naturally. And that's what I think happened last night in the NBA in Philadelphia, that there was a natural storyline that was developed. It had nothing to do with Ben Simmons sitting on the bench. Although, if you want to take a guess on how much that Louis Vuitton sweater Ben Simmons was wearing – you can. Again, at Dan Bayer on Fox, at Aaron underscore Torres. We are all going to take stabs at how much that Louis Vuitton. Uh, was it a hockey sweater? Is that how we would c- characterize it? Is that how you looked at it? Or was it just a regular sweater for Ben Simmons? Are you talking to me or Jay Stu? I, yeah, I you. Just, I'm talking to you. Okay, J- you and Jay Stu have been on the sweater beat here uh, all day long. I, I just, maybe I wasn't paying as close of attention as you guys were. It, it just looked like a nice uh, overpriced sweater that I yeah, could never afford okay. to me. It, yeah, it was a big LV that didn't stand yes. for Las Vegas. On I the thought front. it did, by the way. <laughs> unrelated. <laughs> oh, like huge Golden Knights fan, that Ben Simmons. <laughs> he had a lot but, of time on his hands the last couple of months. Forgive him. He's, he, I guess he became a hockey fan. Jason Stewart, the show's producer, does have the price tag of this sweater. We will all take our stab by the end of this segment at how much that sweater costs. I purposely stayed away from any Louis Vuitton site. I encourage Ooh. John Ramos and Brian Finley and was you that, two, Aaron Was Torres that hard not, for you to do throughout the day? Just well, stay it away is from bookmarked. the Louis Vuitton site? Okay, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, you know, and, I asked. and I've got the app. You know, they, it just naturally yeah. comes up for all of the yeah. Louis Vuitton stuff I buy. You know what would be concerning is if you went to type it into your browser and it auto-loaded and you're like, wait a second. I better check the credit card statement. Has the wife, have the kids, have they been doing any shopping that I'm not aware of here? <laughs> if uh, I typed in if I typed in Louis, it would be Louis Rich Turkey. That's like what would pop up. There would be a smoked meat. That was that would be the recommendations. Or maybe in your case, Louisville. You could have that po- option pop up. But we'll get to the Ben Simmons sweatshirt. And last night, guess what? 
was it about Ben Simmons? And you know what? Even though James Harden was 3 of 17 from the floor, it maybe wasn't about the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden playing against his former team. Last night, in my mind, Aaron, in watching that game, it became so apparent that we had all these things that we were watching. We were watching Harden. We were watching Simmons. We are watching Simmons in the pregame. But after last night's game, the Brooklyn Nets are a problem. And it's not anything that is that is unfounded. But listen, this is a team that's in the eighth spot. Kevin Durant just came back uh, from a knee injury. Kyrie still can't play in home games. They've lost Joe Harris for the season. They're also trying to incorporate new guys. There are question marks about Brooklyn. And last night, to me, in the natural setting of what occurred over those two hours, where everything that the rest of the Eastern Conference feared that maybe could happen with Brooklyn came to reality that the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to be the, you know what, they just had a bad season, things didn't work. They are the real deal. And that's what naturally occurred last night in in my mind, above all the hubbub of Simmons and Harden, it's that the Nets are now legitimately a problem for everyone in the Eastern Conference. It's really funny because I remember back to last year, and I don't remember how much that you remember the news cycle from last year, but obviously that was the season that James Harden was on the team. And there was kind of this stretch where, uh, you know, over the course of the last two, three months of the season, you keep waiting for those guys to play together, waiting for them. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like all at once, the light bulb kind of went off over the media's head of like, wait a second, we're just picking them to go to the finals. And last year, obviously, we liked the Lakers before the Anthony Davis injury. We're just assuming that this Brooklyn Nets big three is going to be awesome, but they've never played together. And so I bring that up because then the playoffs start, then they do play together for a very brief window before James Harden's hamstring hurts, before Kyrie goes down with the foot injury, and you realize – Oh, they are like everything that we thought they could be. I mean, I I vividly remember watching the game. It ended with the Kyrie stomp on the Boston Celtics logo. But I remember watching that game, and that was one of the few games that all three of those guys played together at full capacity, at full strength. And they combined for something like 90-plus points, uh, win going away. It's not even close. They put up 145, 150 points, whatever it was. And I had that same realization last year. And so I guess I'm just a little bit different because I've never really doubted them based on not only what I saw, and I understand there's moving parts with James Harden and all that, but when Kevin Durant was out there, Kevin Durant was awesome. Obviously, Kyrie, we, we don't know what his, his kind of situation is, but my whole thought has always been if Kevin Durant is on that floor, they got a chance against anybody, and if Kyrie is with them, they're probably the favorite. So I don't know that it really uh, altered my opinion on, on Brooklyn as much as it confirmed, hey, we just haven't seen these guys all out there in a while in a game like this, but when they're out there, my oh my is Kevin are Kevin Durant and, and you know his crew really special? But I I think that last night and and I of seeing this version of the Nets, mm-hmm. I think that is what is different. Of you know the other was Kyrie. There, I mean, being able to come back and play in the road games, but still, I mean, this team over the month of February, the worst month of February of of anybody in the NBA. Just be, you know, I mean, you didn't have Kevin Durant. You only had Kyrie at certain times. Like it was, it was not a good month. And I just don't know of, of being able to turn on that switch, if that would be that automatic. And then you make this trade where 
I, I don't know how much of a role Ben Simmons is going to have to play, but there are still other guys that have to get incorporated. Or one of those guys, Seth Curry, last night, he he was the one that seemed the most motivated to make his former team know that they made a mistake. I mean, he was. 24 points last night, 4 of 8 from behind the, the arc. Let the 76ers bench know it every time he hit a 3. Like, it's all of those things coming together. And I guess, Eric, the reason why I think it's a big deal, because this was also Philadelphia's opportunity to show. Sure. Fair. And they laid an absolute egg. Like, you had Durant and Joel Embiid, you know, mouthing and going back and forth, exchanging words after, a, uh, after like, an Embiid. Uh, it was followed by Durant. Uh, basically, Embiid uh, ran him over. But you had the words going. You had the crowd going. You had everything there in what was the biggest game of the season for Philadelphia. And everything was thought to be roses with James Harden. And then you get blown out by 29 against the team that you, you know, just did this deal with and is sitting in the eighth spot in the East. Like for, for all of the things, like I just think that we need to give Brooklyn credit because Philadelphia absolutely did not live up to like Philadelphia probably should have given that same effort against Brooklyn last night. And it was not there. Let me ask you, um, I think we Brooklyn deserves credit. Uh, Brooklyn's awesome, as you said. Um, the team that has Kevin Durant, I like their chances in the playoffs, especially if Kyrie's able to play and all that stuff. Did you feel like, though, the last couple weeks, it seems like there's been a little too much James Harden, Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers buzz for my liking. Like, I get the – first of all, I think it's a byproduct of the media world that we live in. Everybody wants something new. Everybody wants something fun. The, mm-hmm. We've seen the Warriors for a million years. The Lakers are terrible. The Suns are kind of the same team they were last year. We just want some – oh, my goodness, look at this team in Philadelphia. Embiid and Harden. Oh, my God, they've been waiting their whole careers to play together. And it was like, can we get maybe like more than five games before we just hand them the Larry O'Brien trophy? Sure. <laughs> and, and so, like, I think that's part of it, too, is I think it confirmed what we already knew about what a team with Kevin Durant looks like at full strength. Uh, but I think we also it, it also probably confirmed that, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers aren't just going to steamroll to the NBA championship because they looked good on a couple, you know, random Tuesday or Friday nights against teams that they're not going to face in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think James Harden also, uh, in, in a side note, he said after the game, you know, this is we needed this because everything was everything was coming up roses. I mean, they, they had back to back wins against the Knicks, you know, and, <laughs> exactly. and I, I know, listen, you. Minnesota's a good team. Cavaliers are a playoff team. Uh, Bulls are as well, but the Bulls are having a little trouble right now. That's who they've beaten since uh, Harden ended up coming back to the lineup. But just to, to lay the egg and for Harden, who has such a reputation of not coming up big mm-hmm. in big games to go three of 17 last night, it just it's. I mean, if you're if you're Philadelphia waking up this morning, uh, there are issues. And and I truly expect because I actually think it's going to be difficult for Brooklyn. I mean, there's you know, we're down to 15, 16 games in this uh, rest of the season, Aaron. And there are teams who are just going to be punting on the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And so Brooklyn sitting there right now in the eighth spot in the East, they're five games back of Cleveland with with uh, about 15 to go. That's how many Brooklyn has yet to play. Uh, that's that can be that's not easy to make up. So the point is, is they are likely in the play in tournament, I think, for Brooklyn. And now you're going to have a team like. Milwaukee, who's hot right now, they've won their last six. The Sixers, we talked about, the Heat are sitting in the top spot. 
do you really want to sit there and have to face Brooklyn in the first round of the playoffs if you're a one or a two seed? Like, you want to talk about tanking for teams like with draft picks. If you're Milwaukee or you're Miami sitting there, yeah, it may be nice to have home courts throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs, but it wouldn't be nice to have Kevin Durant coming into your arena in the first round of an NBA playoff series. Well, and it's something that you and I plan on talking about yesterday until we had absolute insanity with MLB and Khalil Mack and all that stuff. But it's funny because, like – Every year there are these teams, and this year, you know, it probably was the Bulls. It isn't so much the Bulls anymore, maybe Memphis, where the regular season means so much. But let me just say it out loud. Brooklyn as the eight seed, Miami versus as the one seed, Eastern Conference opening round. I know that Brooklyn would have to get through the playing round and all that stuff. But is anyone not picking the team that has Kevin Durant? Like, I, I understand in, in the regular season, and we're going to kind of hit on it later throughout the show with the Steph stuff, and I get all that. But I, I just think that sometimes we just spend so much time overthinking, overanalyzing. Again, I do think part of it is that we just like new stuff to talk about. And by the way, this is our business. We have to you know, find creative ways to be interesting. But I, I, just, I, I just find it interesting. I, I don't care what the record is. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. You give me the team with Kevin Durant and hopefully, obviously, in this scenario that Kyrie Irving is playing – I don't really care who they're playing. Like, certain matchups, obviously Milwaukee would be a brutal matchup for them if, if that's how it goes. But whether it's Philly, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Miami, whoever it would be, I'm taking the team with Kevin Durant. I just think sometimes we overthink this stuff during an NBA during the course of a I, long NBA regular season. I actually think a lot of people go that way. That's why people still think the Lakers can win an NBA title. Sure. Like I, I think that people look at the Lakers right now, and there are people out there who think that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to turn on this magic switch, Fair. or they're going to convince themselves like, hey, still, to your point, hey, I'm not betting against LeBron in a seven-game series when all we do throughout the entire regular season is analyze everything that's wrong with the Lakers. And I and so, you know, and I look at I look at a Lakers team right now, and not to make this a Lakers conversation, but I think it's very similar to what Brooklyn is, and I still think that there's a, a group of people that feel like the Lakers are the team that, you know, could still come out of the West, which I find is crazy. I think there's a zero percent chance the Lakers come come out of the West. And I think that's what makes what's happening in the East different to your point. You've never wavered on Brooklyn. I've wavered on Brooklyn just because we've seen what's happened with the Lakers. And I think that a tough road and not maybe having that chemistry could still play a part because I think Milwaukee's really good. I actually think the Bucks are better than they were last year. Whether that means they win it all this year is a completely different conversation. And, and, and you could have a scenario where Philadelphia is better than they were uh, a year ago and probably are now right now. So I think all that plays into the East where I think it's a tougher road. But I guess to your point, when you have Kevin Durant, you have Kevin Durant, you always have a shot. He's well, there Oh, go yeah, ahead. I, I would, no, I was just going to say the other thing, too, is because he misses a lot of regular season games, I think you forget that. I just go back to um, I just go back to last year being on air against the 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 the, the Milwaukee Bucks, the the shoe that's oversized and his toes on the line and otherwise they're advancing. I just I think sometimes you can overthink stuff and I'm taking the team that has Kevin Durant every single time. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. All right. We said we would do it. The prices of the Ben Simmons sweater. I'll go first, okay? I am going to say 
$15,000 for that sweater. That is my guess on the price. Jason Stewart, our executive producer, has it. Let's go around the room. Aaron, would you like to throw a price on how much that sweater that Ben Simmons wore last night cost? Is this like uh, Price is Right where if I go over, I'm disqualified? <laughs> okay, I just no. want to make sure. I just want to make sure. I kind of like that, actually. If you really think he well, overbid, you can you can go $1 if you want. No, I can't do that to Dang. We can't change the rules in the middle of the game. Uh, I'll say $9,999. All right. John Ramos? You said it was a Louis Vuitton? Uh, yes. Oof. God, I got my wife one of those a couple months ago. Um, <laughs> I would say you said fifteen thousand. I would say, I would say ten thousand. Okay, I said fifteen. Aaron, oh, you went uh, uh, basically a dollar above Aaron. Oh, Aaron okay. said nine oh. nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> John went ten thousand. Brian Fenley, you want to bid? Nothing's actually priced at ten thousand dollars. It's always nine ninety nine ninety nine to make you feel like you're you're getting a deal. I know you know Ramos because you're buying Louis Vuitton all the time. <laughs> yeah. Fenley, what do you got? Is it fake Louis Vuitton, like fake Oakleys? No, no, it's real, real oh, deal. It is real. Well, if I was going to say a buck seventy-five, that's probably not going to stand, right? Maybe, uh, prob- yeah, yeah. You, you could go the one dollar out, sure. Yeah. If you thought we all overbid, I, I, I'm going to go two dollars and thirteen cents. Oh, he's going to do the one dollar, <laughs> Jason Stewart. What do you got with the answer? Okay, so just just to be specific, it's an Antarja football uh, <laughs> sweater, an Antarja oh. football sweater, um, and. I get, like you said, it looks like a Las Vegas hockey sweater. Now it says Vuitton on the back, and if you go to the Louis Vuitton site, now you can go to a third party and pay more, but if you go to the Louis Vuitton uh, site right now, you're going to pay $1,370. Oh, thirteen hundred and $1,370. I actually thought it would be a lot more. It's, uh, we were all way off on that. Brian Fenley gets to walk away with the jersey for 2 bucks. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> tell. I don't know why I thought it was $15,000. It's probably pretty absurd. I think for it, winning, Fenley should get sent this sweater. Could we just expense <laughs> it to your business account, buyer? Uh, apparently, I thought the sweater was made of elephant tusks. Like, because that's, I mean, I was Ivory. way off. Yeah, yeah just a little expense, expense the sweater, just charge it to the Doug Gottlieb Show uh, billing group. That's my, my all only thought is Ramos got a raw deal on whatever he bought for Louis Vuitton. He could have got a much better deal if he was shopping in the Ben Simmons section. That's all He got a Larry Vuitton. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. What happens when an NFL veteran gets released? We'll get the dirty details next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We're on the verge of free agency in the NFL, but some of the dirty work going on right now. We'll get to that in a minute. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio as we are sitting in for Doug today. Check out the latest lines for the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. We'll have a college basketball update with Brian Fenley coming up in about 10 minutes or so getting you up to date of what is happening in conference tournaments but we now focus on the nfl joining the program is a former nfl gm with the new york jets also in the dolphins front office is their executive vp now serving on the board of directors of performance products company x2 performance and he's the founder of the 33rd team one of the great 
follows on Twitter, getting the inside information on what is happening. It's a football think tank consisting of former NFL head coaches, GMs, graduate students that create in-depth analysis on college and pro football. He's the one and only Mike Tannenbaum joins the program again. Hey, Mike, happy Friday. How are you? Great to be with you guys. How you doing? Great. Uh, I'm going to start out with this because this caught our eye this morning, and that's Bobby Wagner tweeting out that, hey, I was with the Seahawks for 10 years, and uh, they weren't the ones to tell me that I was being let go. How are, are you surprised at this, or is this a nowadays sort of thing? But how would you have handled the release of a guy who spent a decade leading your defense? Is this, is this dirty pool by the Seattle Seahawks? Unfortunately, that's going to happen, guys. Um, you know, news spreads so fast that, um, of course, you want to try to get to him as quickly as possible, thank him for everything, and move on. I got to tell you, there was a couple times where I did deals with players and agents where I found out that they accepted the deal through social media where <laughs> we made our last best offer or I felt like there was a deal we made or maybe a tweak or two. And next thing you know, they're tweeting out that they're so happy to be a, you know, a jet or a dolphin or whatever. So. <laughs> It's a different world now with social media, so it's certainly not ideal, um, but those things do happen. So, Mike, obviously a lot of the buzz this week has been about Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson, but I'm kind of curious about Carson Wentz. Um, as a former you know, kind of front office guy, what would it kind of say to you, and this is no disrespect to Washington, I understand they need a quarterback, but this guy has had two teams basically go in another direction in two years, including the guy that basically had him playing at an MVP level several years in Philadelphia, several years ago in Philadelphia in Frank Wright, who's now in Indy. It feels like to me there should be some more warning flags, but it doesn't seem to me Washington seems to care. Am I crazy? Am I overreacting to that? It's totally fair. I think it's more a referendum on the options, which is – you look in this year's draft, Kenny Pickett from Pitt, certainly interesting, Malik Willis from Liberty. Uh, beyond that, candidly, there's a whole bunch of question marks. And I think if you know, we collectively were running a team, uh, Carson Wentz is far from perfect. But when you look at the options, you're, you're like, you know what, Like this may get, give us our best shot. But I would always be very, uh, con- not concerned, but very sober and look at it very carefully that this is his third team in three years. Mike Tannerbaum joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. How much better does Russell Wilson make Denver? Well, it gives him a seat at the table. And without him, they have no shot. They have no hope. So, to me, and we got to remember this, guys. The Rams were the four seed and they won the Super Bowl. They don't have to win the division. In fact, they don't even need to have the first wild card. And they now have a chance to compete. Without him, they have no hope. So they paid a steep price, but I thought it was a really smart move. What do you just make in general of what every any given Sunday is going to be like in the AFC next year with not only those younger quarterbacks, but with older veteran guys like Russell Wilson now coming to that conference? It's unbelievable. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. And by the way, we sometimes forget that the number one seed last year was Tennessee. Over mm-hmm. 17 games, Ryan Tannehill let Tennessee to the number one seed so it's if you don't have a quarterback in the AFC guys you really have no hope Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on Fox Sports Radio founder of the 33rd team give us a give us a behind the scenes look at what goes into the conversations if you are going into a rebuild 
Is that a coach decision? Is that a GM decision? Is that an ownership decision? Because it sure seems like the Seahawks are in a rebuild mode. How does that conversation come about, and how does that uh, how is that developed? It's organizational alignment. You know, I always said when you have the privilege of one of these jobs, guys, you're the point guard of information. So if we're going to move on from Russell Wilson, we're going to move on from Bobby Wagner. Let's manage expectations. I don't think it's now about, hey, does Seattle win three games this year or four games? It's about progress. And pretty soon, guys, the whole narrative is going to turn towards Bryce Young. And there was this whole notion of tank for Tua a couple of years ago. And now it's about you know Bryce Young because he, he's the next great best quarterback uh, on the horizon. Does, does, uh, just to follow up on that, does Pete Carroll say, hey, I'm the head coach of this team? Does John Schneider bring it up? Does Jody Allen say – Guys, we got to turn this around. Otherwise, you guys aren't going to be around. How does, like, how do you even broach the conversation? Like, this thing is broken. We need to fix it. Yeah, I just think we got to look at the Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford and say, like, can we really compete with these guys? And oh, by the way, the 49ers have been in the Super Bowl and the championship game, and they're getting better, and we're getting older, and we need to amass as many ways to improve our team. And that's probably going to be, you know, around our quarterback Russell Wilson. And here's what we can do over the next couple of years. So, Mike, obviously, look, you, you have a chance to get a guy like Russell Wilson. you got to take advantage. But do you believe that kind of the ethos on how to build a team has changed at all because of what the Rams did? Obviously, there's only so many Vaughn Millers and Odell Beckhams and Jalen Ramsey's available to trade a bunch of draft capital for. But it does seem like there's more teams that are more willing to mortgage their future uh, for the opportunity, whether it is a Russell Wilson, a Matthew Stafford, a whomever. Uh, do you think the league has changed? Is this just the latest trend? Is it not a big deal at all? What do you make of kind of uh, what the Rams did to build this Super Bowl champion this year? Yeah, I think you got to learn and listen. And, 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 you know, I think we all look back a year ago and say, wow, two first-round picks for Stafford and no first-round pick for five years, and that's stunning. But, you know, they got the ring, so let's give them credit. And I think, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle where I think teams will take sort of like a modified approach between, you know, one way of building through the draft and what they've done. Um, so I think what we've seen with Russell Wilson is, is sort of like, uh, I would say, you know, in part to that, guys, but I think you foundationally you still got to hit on picks, even if they're in the later rounds. Mike Tannerbaum joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Last one uh, from me, from the former Jets GM and, again, founder of the 33rd team. The NFL Combine is now in our rearview mirror, and at one point I always felt, Mike, that this was this was kind of the, the gospel in terms of pro days were so slanted towards the player having a great great day that you kind of took what the combine did is their real numbers is there a switch with that now with guys maybe not participating with some of the stuff that's happening is have you seen a switch in the nfl where now maybe we are focusing more on the pro days where these guys can be their absolute best because that's the feeling that i'm getting on how we look at the combine compared to these college pro days well, I just think it's all about putting them in the best position possible, and you're going to take their best performance, but you're going to make sure that, you know, if it's an offensive lineman, if they run certain speed, that you want to take the weight with them. So you don't want to take, like, one weight and then one time speed. You want to make sure you take it all at the same time, and we want to take their best performance and then compare it against, you know, uh, their competitors. But I was never dogmatic that it had to be the combine or the pro day, but it had to be consistent in terms of, like, let's take all the measurements from that performance on the same day. 
Last one for me, Mike, as well. Uh, you know, we spent a ton of time talking about the AFC with good reason. Uh, the NFC is kind of an interesting kind of uh, – you call it a lot of different things. I, I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth here. But is there an organization, is there a team that you kind of feel like, look, there's a huge void now that Tom Brady's gone. There's a huge void now that Russell Wilson is in the AFC. Is there a team, an organization that you feel like could be on the rise over the next year or two considering all the movement in the NFC this offseason? You know, I love Dak Prescott. You know, if they could, if he could just stay healthy and um, you know stack a couple of seasons together, I think they have a chance. Now, look, they're going to look different. Presumably, they're going to lose Amari Cooper. Their offensive line isn't what it once was, but to me, they're a team with a lot of young, skilled players, and I think a very, very good quarterback in Dak Prescott. Former NFL GM, now turned TV analyst and founder of the Thirty Third Team, Mike Tannenbaum. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. All right, thanks so much for having me, guys. Find Thank him on you, Twitter at a real Tannenbaum. I'll tell you a team that should go after a certain quarterback in the National Football League. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Jared Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. Today's show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. As we look at the NFL, Aaron, Prior to free agency, there still could be an opportunity of uh, teams maybe making a move for quarterbacks. And I'm not I don't love the Carson Wentz move. And later on in the show, we'll get more into that. But there is a quarterback out there that I think could really help NFL teams and one team in particular. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, the future of him, kind of put into question by Jason Lockenfora earlier this week, saying that the Vikings wouldn't mind clearing some uh, a lot of money from their salary cap, and Kirk Cousins could be one of those guys, and Kirk Cousins is going to be wanting a new contract soon. And I just look at a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I know there have been conflicting reports about Deshaun Watson, and we could find out more, uh, who knows, maybe in the next hour, about what Deshaun Watson's status could be uh, because of the uh, information that's going to be unveiled in Houston. The point being is I don't know if the Steelers are or aren't in on Deshaun Watson because there have been conflicting reports. But I do know that the Steelers would be a better football team uh, than they were a year ago if Kirk Cousins was their quarterback. And we did the draft yesterday in our game time segment about worst quarterback situation in the NFL. And I took the Steelers. I just think it's a bad, bad spot. And I think that Kirk Cousins would be so much of an upgrade over what Ben Roethlisberger was or what Mason Rudolph is or what Dwayne Haskins is I, I if I'm Pittsburgh and Minnesota wants to move on and you can get them for a good price I would actually pull the trigger if I was Pittsburgh well it, it's just it, sports are so fascinating because there are so many like like we live in this you know social media world where everything is either the best or the worst good or bad this or that title or bus whatever and so I bring it up because sometimes we lose nuance in what we do and 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 how we cover sports and I think Kirk Cousins is the perfect example I mean you look at all of the teams that still need help at quarterback right now let alone the ones that have their quarterback and you start to sit there and say well wait a second now Drew Brees retired two years ago. Tom Brady's gone. Ben Roethlisberger was not Ben Roethlisberger over these last couple years. Uh, Just go through all of the teams, the Cleveland Browns, what's going on with Baker Mayfield. The Colts don't have a quarterback. We don't know what's going on with the Texans. Uh, Tua, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? And you start to realize that for all of the criticism that Kirk Cousins gets, and I think some of it is justified, right? He is not – He, you know, like like – Probably not going to, in year 10 or 11, elevate you to a Super Bowl the way that maybe Matthew Stafford did. 
But is he better and is he a better option than a lot of teams? Like, not just one or two teams. I mean, I'm talking like a dozen plus teams that have a. Is he the better option than what they have right now? The answer is absolutely. And I do think, especially with a guy like that, sometimes we lose that nuance. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. Again, thanks to Mike Tannenbaum uh, for joining us, founder of the 33rd Team. That's where you can find that site on Twitter, an absolute great follow. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. The lockout is over. So now where will Freddie Freeman end up? We tell you next year on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. Aaron and his side work, obviously locked in to college basketball. And I say side work jokingly because I know uh, how much of a passion it is of yours and basically how you've made your career out of college basketball. But in 10 minutes, 10 minutes, Aaron Torres will be giving us the ins and outs of the NCAA tournament just in time for you to get ready to fill out your bracket starting Sunday. And with that, I can say, Aaron, you and I will be together in a special Selection Sunday show here on Fox Sports Radio at 5 o'clock Eastern time, 2 Pacific. The selections come out at 6 Eastern, but we will have you covered for three hours be fire that is fact are we going to uh consult with our mountain west insider john ramos at all uh during our three-hour extravaganza you know we won't on sunday but today because there's no mountain west going on in the afternoon john ramos has put on a different hat oh john what is going on in the atlantic 10 tournament it's a battle of the saints which is always interesting right okay yeah it is which one is 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 who's going to get the upper hand Currently, right now, St. Bonaventure and St. Louis are playing 33-32. St. Louis is up on top early first half. Ah, there it is. Your Atlantic 10 insider, the one and only John Ramos, adding another line to his resume. Let's play a game. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game Time presented today thanks to Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Brian Fenley's here with the game. What's happening, Brian? What is going on, Aaron and Dan? Our game is... Psychic. And this is where you two are going to become neighborhood palm readers. You are going to predict the future (laughs) of sports happenings. Dan, you brought this up in the tease. Freddie Freeman, a coveted baseball player. Will he go to the Dodgers? Where will he end up? Aaron, Dan. Dan, you go go first. I'm I'm looking at my crystal ball, and I see a little blue. Wait a sec. I think I see a little red. Oh, my goodness. My crystal ball is turning all red. In a surprise move, Freddie Freeman goes to the Boston Red Sox. Ooh. Ooh. You heard it here first, people. You heard it here first. Um, As a, you know, I know Ramos has the Mountain West beat down. Um, I've covered the NL West on a, you know, (laughs) need-to-know basis for years, and nobody has needed to know. Uh, And with all... With all the sources that I've built within the uh, within the division, I'll say the Dodgers. I'll say the Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers. All right. Uh, going with the chalk there. All right. So looking ahead to the NCAA tournament, we've seen upsets happen in the opening rounds. To you guys, what team 
could be that Cinderella team that nobody's talking about that could make a run in this upcoming tourney. Aaron, you want to go first? Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll just say uh, I'll avoid the the super obvious top teams. I'll give you a name a little bit off the radar, um, I, and I'm stealing from Ramos here a little bit, but the Wyoming Cowboys, I think if they get in, they can make a little bit of a run. It's kind of like that 10 seed that maybe pulls off the upset, sure. ends up in the Sweet 16. I don't think they're a Final Four team, but I think they win a game or two when nobody's paying attention. I'll tell you a team that I think is a Final Four team that will be seeded a bit higher, and they're playing right now. I think Ooh. Iowa is a team Great call. that is playing really, really good basketball. They've got a star in Keegan Murray. They've got Jordan Bohannon as their uh, senior guard who's been there for 14 years. They, I think Iowa – remember last year they were the two seed with Luke Garza, they got run off the floor by Oregon, so there were expectations. I think without that expectations, Iowa plays better, uh, even with the departures of Garza and uh, Wieskamp. So give me Iowa. I, I agree 100% with that. I, I, I think they're much better than people realize. They're going to be a higher seed than, the, you know, than a Wyoming would, obviously. Who knows? Iowa could play a, you know, themselves on the four line or something. Who knows? That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, John Ramos, do you need to uh, update our A-10 scoreboard? Um, apparently the game's in the second half. It is in the second half. Uh, 14-51 left to go, but St. Louis is still up 33-32. Uh, that's the latest. Uh, for all of your A-10 needs, go to John Ramos. If you need to know who's going to cut down the nets, we will tell you next year on Fox Sports Radio.